Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast from uh, some couple members of the Bills backers of Chicago, Illinois. I'm Lars from just outside Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, joining us tonight, the lovely Miss Cassie Hutton is here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And uh, normally down in Austin, Texas, but all the way out in Palm Springs, living his best COVID life is Jam and Jeff Day. 10 a.m. Uh, game times, uh, not my favorite, but hello from uh, California. And the president of the Bills backers, Sujit, is with us tonight. Oh, it's always a pleasure to have a Patriots win, right? We, it happens all the time. Yeah, it it doesn't really feel like it. We're gonna we got a lot to talk about and, and a lot of lot to hash out here. And rounding out the crew tonight, already through with saying goodnight to Liam, who made his debut on the podcast two weeks ago, up there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Buffalo Bill Nichols is here this evening. Radio voice and clever comment here. Nice. Uh, so yeah, we won. We beat the Patriots. We are we are kind of locked into first place in the AFC East. This is sort of the reality we were all hoping for. We're 6-2 and two for the first time in God knows how long. The Patriots are 2-5 and five for the first time in God knows how long. They are pretty much out of the running for the first time in this millennium. So we should be just jumping for joy. We kind of are, but we mostly are not. So we will get into why that is. Find us how you find podcasts. Subscribe if you haven't already, and tell everybody you know how you found us. Gang, let's not waste any more time, and let's get right into it. Come on now, the bills are making it happen now. Stand up now, come on and shout. So 24-21 was the final today. It was not the shellacking we were hoping for or wanted. We got a lot to talk about here because we haven't we we Suge was on like a five minute delay. It's, 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 <laughs> Jeff is Jeff is like five time zones away. We weren't really synced up watching the game, so I don't really know where you guys are at on this. Uh, but we won. We are six and two. We are yeah. like light years ahead in the AFC East. Like the goal of the season to win the division is now very much in our sights, and we'll we'll get into it. We'll talk about everything that's awesome right now. But it wasn't all pretty. Cass, we'll start with you. We haven't heard much from you today, and I'm sure you've got a lot to say about this game. So, coming to you, your Jenny Cremel bummer of today's contest. I'm I'm going to take an easy one, and you, people might be like, "Where is this? It's coming out of left field." So I'm going to give you everyone a little background on this. We did end up placing the Gabe Davis scores a touchdown bet parlay with the Bills victory. So my Jenny Cremel definitely goes to Gabriel <laughs> Davis for the fact that he misses a game-winning Bills and Beers parlay-winning touchdown in the fourth quarter. That was... An all-in parlay, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and let's go $200 for us to win over three grand. Like, you want to talk about something that freaking hurts? Like, ouch. Like, that one yeah, hurt. Yeah, we really could have used the, really the touchdown there, too. Um, that would have been I can't, nice. Yeah. I can't help but think, I can't help but think as well that 
the, not winning that bet, which was literally in our hands, is also playing. It's playing a, a factor, maybe a small factor. It's mm. playing some factor in in how we feel. I think as a Bills and Beers crew, because we each had about six hundred and fifty dollars in our wallets. Lock it up. Go out to a nice dinner with your spouse. Treat somebody in the family. Halloween, and it was just. It was just slipped out of our hands. Caught by the wind. Who knows what happened? And, Jeff, you say that. That's the exact factor that we try to avoid. We, tr- we try to avoid a bet that will that'll, that'll compromise yeah. our joy for the big picture in just a tiny bit. And I'm with you. It might have happened today. And we didn't really factor for that. I mean, does anyone also think that maybe – Gabe Davis is a little bit cursed. It's now, what, three games in a row that he has a touchdown that was called back, either his own fault or some other You know where I come down on on your stupid curses and superstitions. But at at this point. Come on. But no, at this point, if we want Gabe Davis to score a touchdown, the best thing we can do is not bet on it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, we got to keep. We got to keep betting, baby. I think you keep betting. I do think you keep betting. (laughs) We're all in. You will never get me to bet on Dave Davis again. <laughs> Did you say Dave for, Davis? For the, oh, Gabe? No, I said I said the right name. It's rare that I actually say the right name, so give me credit what I do. But with Gabe Davis, I, like, I will never bet on him. Just for this own poor man's, like, I think we're putting bad juju into his world by betting on him. Well, coming to you now, Suge, you're Jenny Creamel bummer of today's game. Oh, my goodness. There's so many. Um, I'm, you Are know, there? I, I, Are there really? I just felt like there were. I just I feel like our entire linebacking crew just sucks. Hmm. Um, I feel like I, I I hate to give it to Tremaine Edmonds again, but I, I maybe it's just you know watching at home. Give it to him, bro. Not being able to see a lot. It's just he's always out of position. Uh, he's always and it's not always a lineman that's on him, but it, sometimes it is, and I think that's the problem with our defensive line. But you know he's just he's just not there to make a play. You know, hmm. um, I mean. So there's a person that's far less athletic than him that deserves multiple Jenny Cream Ales, and we've given it to him a bunch, which is A.J. Klein. Oh, yeah. But my goodness, at least A.J. Klein is there. Like, he's there, and he misses the play, so that he deserves the Jenny Cream Ale. <laughs> but Edmonds is not even in a position to make a play. He's, like, getting destroyed by someone. He's just not – I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to do. I mean, I, I know that he's injured and all that other narrative and whatever, but at some point, um, you know, like Jeff likes to say, you're only as a uh, – you're only as good as you are available. Um, you know, if you're injured and you're not available, you're not able to play, then 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 you don't belong on the field. And I don't know that, you know, we suffered a lot when Dodson was in there. Now, granted, Dodson can't yeah. play either. So we don't really have a lot of replacements for him. Um, but, uh, man, I just I, – I really hope he can turn it around. The guy's got promise. I think that he's a good player, but uh, not this year. I always felt and – I, and, I, and I'm not trying to be like a Johnny-come-lately or – you know, hindsight is twenty twenty here, but I always felt like I was being oversold on Tremaine Edmonds, and I always felt like people who know more than me, I was I was just meant to trust their opinion on him, and yet, like, it just never really passed the eye test. I mean, when you watch Erlacher or Borland when he was still in the league, or Patrick Willis or Luke Keekley, like, these are middle linebackers who nobody had to be convinced of. I mean, they, you know, their presence on the field... I mean, I almost feel like we were better off with, like, Preston Brown back there. I mean, it just I, – I, 
again, I hope he turns around and figures it out. I hope that, like, he is really, really injured, but it's been a brutal season. And, I mean, the defense in general, which we'll probably get to as as we keep going here, I mean, it's – there's not a lot of guys out there that we can rely on, you know, playing and play out. Bill, coming to you, you're you're nodding your head there. Jenny Cremel of today's I'm just getting my exercise in for today, nodding my head, you know. Um, So I'll tell you what, my – my Jenny Creamy, I feel like we can do this every game, give it to some defensive back because of the guys that we have out there uh, and the lack of depth. But mine today is Dean Marlowe. Dean Mar... What? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. I thought he had, like, one of his best games. <laughs> no, dude, Dean, Mar- Dean Marlowe was just bouncing off of guys. Uh, he was... Uh, every, ch- every time he tried to make a tackle, he just got bounced back. He's out of position. And... Uh, and, and I think there's um, there's an effect where I watch. I believe I watch for his negative plays more frequently than the average person because of uh, him missing his assignment back in uh, last year against the Texans in the playoff game. So Dean Marlowe is my Labatt Blue. No, is my Jenny Creamel bummer of today's game. Okay, I, Jeff. I will say, you know. Does anyone else feel like actually the pass defense wasn't bad? Uh, it was. It was uh, I th- fine. I think the, the quarterback was pretty bad. I mean, we Cam Newton sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. W- more on that later. It, <laughs> is there Jeff coming to you now? I feel bad giving this <clears throat> to this guy. I feel I feel bad. But Suge, you mentioned it a minute ago. And with something that we've preached for a long time, you're only as good as you are available. And so my bummer, as bad as I feel to say it, because I don't want to give it to someone who got injured, it has to go to Mitch Morse. And, and it's only because, and I feel terrible for the guy, he's obviously had a history of concussions. And this is, you know, I mean, Suge, you commented in, in the game, you know, this might have, this might have more serious um, implications than we, than we even realize. But he got concussed for his, what, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time um, yeah. in the first quarter. And, and as a result, and the reason that he gets the bummer of the contest, even though it's you know, to no fault of his own, is because you know, we then had to have this mashup uh, offensive line of Feliciano playing center and Ike Bodinger you know, playing left guard and Brian Rinters in, in right guard. In a game in which we finally were hopeful that you know Feliciano would be able to play guard and more center, whatever. So I feel bad for the guy. This is not a like a fun one to say, but just in terms of being critical of who gets the bummer of the game, I got to give it to Morrison. And you know, I think he's out for multiple weeks. We will not see him uh, certainly before the bye week. And, you know, the, when you have a history of concussions like this, you can usually be out for a, a while. Suge, you're the doctor in the house. I don't know what you think about that. <clears throat> yeah, I know that I know nothing about that. Um, that's what I can tell you. <laughs> Never but stopped. I, you I mean, before, I do bro. think it's concerning, but the 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 thing is that despite that, we ran for over two hundred yards. We finally got the run game going. Yeah. Now, granted, it's New England and blah 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 blah, but um, but it's still. I mean, we've played bad run defenses before and not been successful. I mean, I I'm gonna wait for my Jenny Labat Blue to talk about John Feliciano. Yeah, one of you guys does doesn't do it first, but. I mean, I, I think that that D line or that offensive line, especially the left side, like they were kind of commenting on on the broadcast, was was really making holes, and people were were, were having an opportunity to run, and it, it was it was refreshing actually to see that. 
Um, but, but I mean, there was... Go ahead. Jeff raises a cause for concern, right? Like, we expect yeah. concussions out of maybe your cornerback, your safeties, your wide receivers, your tight ends. It's the center. Like, that just seems like a very odd injury for our center to have and it's a it's a huge cause for concern because he's had multiple of them right like i I don't know if i've ever ever heard of like a center or an offensive lineman like having a a big concussion issue i I don't think that's a big injury that we've heard broken legs like knees all that stuff is 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 what we usually hear so i I do i am seriously concerned and i i agree with jeff i don't even know you said bye week i don't even know if we see him again this year in in a bill's uniform Wow. It starts to become... If we ever see him again, right? Because for the guy's own safety, now it's like his sixth concussion. And right, the the thought is that after you get a certain number, um, your risk of, you know, having permanent neurologic damage is is, is high. And so uh, he's had a good career. He's got plenty of money. Um, There there does get to the point where, hey, is it worth it? Well, you nailed it, Suge. And I think that's where, you know, we're not trying to make this a depressing pod, but... That, that is where it becomes a family issue. Like, a, it's not a football issue. You know, it becomes, hey, the wife, the parents, the family, um, you know, they start longevity, to... Uh, longevity of, yep, of life. Yep, yep. Well, on that note, this is so depressing. Am, okay, sorry, I apologize. Yeah, I, am, I am going to, I am going to go ahead and double down here, and I'm going to go ahead and open the komodo, and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it here full court press, because Jenny Creamel, bummer of today's game. You guys are missing a big one. There is a, there is a, oh, there here is we elephant go in the room, and by in the room, I mean not in the room that none of us have discussed, and we haven't discussed it in eight fucking weeks, and I'm going to discuss it right goddamn now. <laughs> my Jenny Creamel, my Jenny. What? what happened? What? What? Okay. Sorry. What? Oh, no, we're just... We're it's, well, it's I'm, I'm, I don't know where we're ghosts. going, and so I'm nervous. You guys can see behind me. I thought, like, somebody was coming in the room. Yeah. Okay, last night was Halloween. I didn't know if there was somebody standing over me with a butcher knife. What was going on? My Jenny Cremail bummer of today's game is Mike Pence, Jared Kushner, Alex Azar, and any other hapless dipshit in the Trump administration who's been in charge of this fucking pandemic for the last seven months who robbed Bills fans in Western mm. New York in general of the opportunity of getting to watch this fucking game. The fact that this game had to be played in an empty stadium, we were finally there, we finally beat the curse, turned things around, getting our shit back together in the division, buried the Pats, put some dirt on their grave, moving on, and nobody could be there to see it. Are you kidding me? Where's the national plan? What are we doing? What what's what's next? How are we fixing this thing? Nobody knows. Did you, you miss nobody you miss Cuomo. No you miss Cuomo's name because he's he's Part of the responsibility of Fine. the New York Adam State. Fine, Adam to list, Cass, I don't care. Adam to list, I don't care. But you know what? He's not in charge of the national plan. We don't have one. And now we've got empty bodies in the stadium, and now we're all sitting remote watching this thing. We're not even on tape delay. You guys can't meet up at the bar. People are dying all over the place. And, and Cam Bill's, Newton's Bill's all depressed. Just dis- dissipated. We're all depressed. It's cold outside. Shit is getting a lot worse. It's going to be like a million more people die at this goddamn thing, and nobody knows what's going on. And the Bills are going to win the weird Super Bowl, and they're going to win the weird division. And this is the year where the Pats, everybody hung up the, their jock draft and didn't want to come because we had a stupid virus out there. It's killing everybody. And there's no plan to fix it. And now here we are. Bills Nation. You mean to tell me this game is going to be 24-21 if that place was rocking and rolling today? Ooh. No way. No way. Yep. No way. We would have creamed them. We would have blown them off the face of the fucking earth. K 
Cam Newton would still be limping his way back to the locker room right now. No chance. But instead, we have to play these sterile-ass games inside of an empty stadium, and it's a weird year. And, the, and playing, playing it, it doesn't matter where. We might as well play this game in the middle of the Dust Bowl. Who cares? Why, why even play it in Buffalo? There's no point. Maybe, maybe we can play in a place that doesn't have 40-mile-an-hour wins if we can actually play a real game and not have to run the ball every, every time we're out there. But this should be this should be one of the like the most celebrated days in 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 Bills history. The last time we did something like this and the Bills beat the Dolphins after a decade in the darkness, the goddamn fans charged the field and ripped down the goalpost and nobody got to do that today. Nobody even got to be there to see this and it's a fucking crime. Coming to you now, Jeff. Who was your bad blue MVP in today's game? Wait, hold on. Can we, oh, Cassie, boy. Cassie hasn't given hers. Can, yeah, I, I gave mine, but can we all just comment that I think Lars is short on dildo sales, right? Because I feel like there would have been a lot thrown on the field today. But I guess... Yeah, without fans there. There would have been several dildos on the field. Yes. I mean, it's it's that's a weird thing to stop us for, but that's okay. It is it's moments like that that I wish that uh Lars had his own radio show. Um and somewhere somewhere in suburban western New York, Leslie Day is standing up. Leslie Day is just standing up with <laughs> rousing she's got a hand on her heart, and she's just looking for a flag to say the pledge to. <laughs> she is just saluting Lars. Uh, we wore probably a Bills flag. Uh, man, uh, you just gave me some chills there. I just I do think about uh, you made me you made me reminisce about that Miami game back in uh, what year was that? By the way, the goalpost 1990? Uh, oh God, don't no, you feel like we used to tear down goalposts all the time? Can we, they change the integrity today, of the goalposts? Today post? would have been a day fourth, Suge. Yeah, T- yeah. Like, the, the place would have been on fire. Like, we're, like we're missing this. Like, lost in the fact that we didn't watch the team dominate today is that like today's win was in a hugely symbolic day for Bills fans. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing is that, especially with facing a quarterback who was clearly. It has some like mental skivvies right now. Right? Yeah. It has, he has the yips. Like if he did have the addition of the entire Buffalo crowd, you know, booing him and and, and razzing him and all those other things, that would have played. A, I mean, you saw it his face. Been a the guy was bath. the guy was crying after he fumbled the ball. Like I do think that we have probably finally ruined Cam Newton. Right? <laughs> I think that his brain is finally gone after that ending. It, and and I think it would have happened much sooner. Had there been Bills fans there, you know, screaming at him. I mean, like he's already mostly broken, but I think that we broke him all the way, but it took till the end of the game, and we could have done it in the first quarter. Well, for everybody who was crapping their pants because the Pats signed Cam Newton, and we, we had to go through the exercise we go through every offseason when the Pats sign somebody who's good, and then it doesn't turn, it never turns, it never works out. Ever. Well, hold it, hold it, and, hold it right there, Lars. Hold it right there, please, because... Okay. Yeah, you were because, right. Yes, no, hold, hold it right there, because... At risk of, um, I'm looking at the door behind Lars Weborg right now, and at, and at the risk of um, him, I door, at the way. risk of not of, of 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 like him not being able to walk out of it after this pod because I've I've inflated the size of his head. At that mm-hmm. risk, mm-hmm. I'm actually giving my Labatt Blue to our one and only Lars Weborg for. For the preseason, um, you know, uh, a proclamation that the signing of Cam Newton, 
that the Herald signing of Cam Newton, which Boston fans from this region, from New Hampshire to, to, to South Boston to North Boston, everybody was celebrating as the next two games into the season. Everybody in Boston couldn't love Cam Newton more. And our, and our very own Lars, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And the New England Patriots are 2-6, and six, and Cam Newton sucks. Yeah, so <laughs> I will take that. But, uh, like, here's what I was thinking about on that point today, Jeff. Oh, will you, Lars? Will this, you take that compliment? This, I, <laughs> I will take it in the spirit it was intended to. Yeah. The, the frustrating thing is it wasn't just Boston fans. It was like everybody in the media was like, oh, well, Cam Newton looks like he's back to 2015 form. It's like, are you guys so fucking stupid? Or or, or like or, – or, and, I'm, and I'm completely serious. And I'm looking to you, Cass, when I say this. Like, <laughs> is national punditry – is are there scripts being written primarily by marketing people? Because how are these people so dumb and have jobs doing this? Because – all the people who said after two weeks, like Cam Newton's back to 2015 MVP form, what are the other 31 teams in the NFL going to think having passed on? It's like, no. Like, when has that ever been the case? Why did 31 teams pass on him? Because he sucks. Like, watch him throw the ball. He's got no arm. And it was, yeah, he was running the ball all the time in those first two weeks. Yeah. And I, I posted the tweet today, I think, to the guys at maybe next year that I said after week two, which was like, great. Bill Belichick is going to get every last drop out of a 260-pound battering ram that he can. But it's not going to last. Cam Newton is in his 30s. Like, you can't just run a guy like that 40 times a game. It's not going to work, and he can't throw. But we had the national media telling us for after those first two weeks, like, oh, my God, the, the Patriots have done it again. Oh, they've really they've really fooled the rest of the league. And Bill Belichick, such a genius, waited till his value was at the all-time low weeks before. It's like, no, his value's at an all-time low because he's at an all-time low. He sucks. Lars, we, we heard it today in the broadcast. I don't know how you guys listen to these broadcasts. It is one of the privileges yeah. and yeah. blessings that we get at being in the bar. Yeah. And I did... Not like I literally screamed so many times at the TV, like shut the f up, especially at the end of the second quarter. Right, the Patriots are dropping. Oh, this is just a Bill Belichick. I mean, Cam Newton is just like they literally could not kiss the ass of the Patriots any more than at the end of the second quarter, and it was just. I, I literally am like, are you guys watching the same? Have you watched any Bills games? Like, it was. Freaking awful, and, and and hopefully, hopefully today proved that the Bills are the best team in the AFC East, and we can shut the door. We can say goodbye. So long, farewell, Patriots. You're done. They're done, baby. Hey, well, that's right. Well, hey, Cass. Enough about me. Enough about Cam Newton. Who was your Labatt Blue MVP of today's game? This is an easy one again, guys. I appreciate you guys leaving it open for me. Um. We, I haven't, we haven't talked about this because this is a part of our game that's really struggled in the first six weeks of the season, right? And I'm going to give it to Devin Singletary. He oh. has averaged on the season, right? Running game has been a struggle. He's averaging, I think, with today, 3.8 yards per carry, which is abysmal. Today's game averaged 6.1 yards per carry. And you know why that's great? It's because that's the game that Bill Belichick 
wanted to beat us with. And what did we do? We turned it right around and we beat him with his own game plan by running the ball. Amen. Coming to you now, Suge. Yeah, so I mean, I guess I'm going to tie on to that. And I think that the reason that the running game, I alluded to this earlier, was so good was, my goodness, John Feliciano. Is it that simple? Holy because cow. It, it, I mean, I, I yeah, I. I don't know. I don't it. know, but I just don't know what else it was. I mean, Cody Ford's not in there, and he wasn't that great when he was there. Uh, our our center went down. Our center, who's like you know, been decent in run blocking and all those other things, but just that one addition into the offensive line, suddenly there was these huge gaps that people could run through. And you know, when I was watching him, he was like a man possessed. He wasn't just blocking the guy at the line. He was shedding, tossing the guy at the line, and then going on to the second level and, and, and taking on blocks. And it's just like, I mean, you just don't see that from a Bills lineman. And and it's just been it's been so nice. And I, I think that, I mean, this is what we talk about with chemistry. It's like, you know, the de- the defensive line has lost that chemistry because of Star being gone and because of Shaq Lawson and, and Jordan Phillips being gone. Um, you know, that that they play off of each other, you know, and I think that the presence of one guy who's able to do what he's supposed to do and do it well makes everybody else play better. Um, and, my God, the guy has been gone, and then suddenly he's playing center? Yeah. Like, I mean, center's the most difficult place on the offensive line. He's the one that has to call out all the reads and all that other stuff uh, and do the, all the assignments. And, and he just walked in and, like, my God, I don't think I've ever seen a single player come back other than when Milano was was, was popping in from time to time uh, last week, but, but even more so this week. Like, I mean, 200 yards rushing is not is not just good. It's great. Mm. Suj, you uh, nailed it, and I think that um, part of his MVP, uh, uh, what it deser- what he, why he deserves it is because he was able to shift over to center. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, just like yeah. his versatility that he could – the guy's been fucking – he tore his pec in the offseason, like one of the most brutal injuries, comes back in at left guard for what? Ten plays and then has to shift to center, and does a great job. And does a great like, job. And, and who knew that he actually could play that position when they were like John John no. playing center? Now it was like, like whoa. Yeah, evidently, the coaching staff knew, but yeah. But yeah well, and also, point, like, what's the, the deal? Why? Why is Ryan, Why did Ryan Bates get pulled so quickly? Because he's not John Felicia. I think he also went to guard, didn't he? I don't know. I have actually not been following the offensive line this year, so I'm just going to full disclosure on that one. Um, Billy, coming to you now, I think there's a couple of big names still yep. out there worth worth picking off here. The Bat Blue MVP of today's game. There's a couple big names out there. This one is really hard to say, really hard to spell. It's really long, so it's big in that sense. And it's, this guy came up big in the game, and that is Tyler Medved. How do you even pronounce his name? Medvedic. <laughs> oh yeah, Medvedic. Medvedic. I'll tell yep. you. Wow. I'll tell you what, man. I've been rehearsing that uh, in front of the mirror for the past four hours, and I still couldn't get it. No, but the game. The game was what? Four, the Patriots tied it up fourteen to fourteen when they went for that onside kick, and he's the one who. Uh, that was the score, correct? Yeah. Fourteen yeah. to fourteen onside kick comes out of nowhere, and Tyler. Yeah. Matikevich comes out of nowhere to make a beautiful, beautiful trapping catch 
to take what could have been a major, major game changer away from the biggest cheater in the world, Bill Belichick. So thank you, Tyler. Mm. So last week you guys talked a lot about the rookie class and you were like a little bit of consternation, um, you know, without acknowledging really the impact that the rookie class had on last week's game, uh, you know, because of Dane Jackson and the role he played, of course, Tyler Bass, um, and then AJ and Panessa, who we'll talk about here in a minute too, showed flashes last week too. So the rookie class kind of came up big. So let's talk about that for a second week in a row here because the, there are three guys who won this game for us today. Rookie Zach Moss, who scored two touchdowns. Rookie Tyler Bass, who kicked the go-ahead field goal that ended up winning us the game. And not rookie, but undrafted rookie free agent from 2016, bopping around in Montreal, doing a bunch of other crazy shit. His mom's on Twitter, giving him lots of love. Justin Zimmer <laughs> coming in with the game-winning punch-out. Those are yeah, the three thank guys. You for saying that. Those are the three guys who won us this game. Yeah. Zach Moss, Justin Zimmer, and Tyler Bass. There you go. Your your 2020 six and two Buffalo Bills, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Justin and Zimmer. Not- it's not just this game, right, Lars? I mean, like, the the day he got activated, right, yeah, when Zimmer, he had yeah. that whole shakeup, he had a great game. Uh, Brian Cox Jr. didn't, but, I mean, he had an okay game, but 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 I'm going to keep saying him as, like, a, an aside just because I hate his Yeah, band, he punched right? that. Like, well, Zimmer but, punched the ball out uh, from Mahomes and ended up not being an actual... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. He did that. We had a chance too, to right? beat him, yeah. But he's played... He's played great, you know, and, and, and who knew? Who knew? I did, you know, Harrison Phillips came back and played a decent game he did today, okay. too. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, but I think, I, I think the, the combo, though, I mean, we, we talked about it. We haven't really seen it. We're now halfway through the season, so hopefully we'll see it here in the latter half. But the, the combo of Singletary and Moss, I think we, we shouldn't really overlook. They are they are two completely different style of runners, Um and they work well together. What I do worry, though, is like they, none of them are going to ever break the big one. Right. And we just yeah we just don't have that speedster back there. But you know, for what it's worth, Zach Moss looked really sharp today. He you know that one cut just put his head down and go. Now, granted, the Patriots are real bad. Um, but you know the point. <laughs> the point remains, though. We're eight games into the season. Zach Moss, the last two games last game and then he built on that for today and he he obviously had his best game of his young career and he is clearly improving you know the first four games i think we all were saying whoa this guy looks slow he looks undecisive indecisive you know um like what's going on here then he had the toe uh the toe injury um he has he has looked like a valuable contributor the past couple weeks. Agreed. So just to kind of bring this thing full circle, because, you know, there's, there's, and by the way, we haven't even mentioned Josh Allen's name today. He was just fine. Um, You know, throwing into the wind, I guess, was tough. Whatever. Didn't need him. Uh, Jeff, you mentioned right before going live, having, the fact that he only threw the ball 18 times is shocking. Yeah. It's shocking. Um, And I actually think they probably should have thrown a little more than they did. But whatever. We won. But this fucking defense, man, are, like, are they all just hurt? Like, what is going on? Because it's it's the exact same personnel from last year. It's the exact same scheme, and it just it just if it, it doesn't feel broken. But what's what's bad about it is that it feels so inconsistent. 
and you don't know which play to play, which defense is going to show up, and, and like anything's possible. Like I feel like every, on every play, the the opposition can pick up 18 yards straight down the middle of the field, or like like we stop for for a four yard loss. You know, it's like I, I don't know, I don't know who this team is. The fact that AJ and Panessa was a healthy scratch today, also quite a mystery. And Edmonds is looking like. He's regressed four years, and I don't know if his arm's falling off. Milano, we can't rely on him for much. You know, the guy playing cornerback opposite Trey White every week, it's like spinning the wheel of backup cornerback, and we got some tough games coming down the pike starting with next week. I mean, we got some, we got some teams that are going to score some points, and hopefully with John Brown being healthy again, the offense is good for it, but Cass, brace yourself, girl, because... We're not we're not holding any teams under twenty anytime I, soon. And I've always said I've I stand by it. I think our defense has some issues. Still think they do. My question is: Is I know Harrison Phillips had been kind of a healthy scratch the last couple of weeks. Any chance that he was a healthy scratch because they told him to go out and eat like twelve thousand calories <laughs> and put an extra? He did. He look looked big. big today. I mean. I was yeah, like, yeah, whoa, where did that come? Whoa, that's Harrison Phillips. Like, I, I didn't even believe it. So I, I'm wondering if he was a healthy scratch because they knew that they needed to bulk him up to get him ready. <laughs> love that theory. Love that theory, by the way. Healthy scratch to go gain 20 pounds. I love that <laughs> theory, Guess. I, I wonder if they are playing games with the roster and with AJ and Panessa and guys that are on and off again. You know, we, don't, we haven't heard Trent Murphy. Did Trent Murphy even play today? Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a he, missed sack. Yeah, he slipped. He came around the end and then fell yep. down when he had a clear sack in front of him. I got the two, only, only time I saw him. I got two thoughts. Because I, I, I think there's a thousand and one things that we could comment on the defense. There are two. There, if I'm trying to simplify it, I would say two things. One, through eight weeks of the season, most amount of points scored across the league in NFL history. So, objectively, we know that across the board, every team, offense, and I don't know if that's because of the no fans, I don't know if that's because of the rules, who cares? Across the league, highest point scored in the history of the NFL. Okay. The second thing that I would just say is linebacker play. I just think we can, we can talk about it across the board, but... It, we, we, you know, Suge, you mentioned him as like the, he's just as like that. We don't even need to say he's the LVP every week. AJ Klein is just, is just not a good football player. And, and, and the, and the gap between him and a healthy Milano is just so staggering. Um, and so it's, I think it's everything we talk about. I just say it's, it's, it's linebacker play. It's Edmonds for whatever reason is, as, is like looking timid. And then Klein coming in from Milano is just, Again, we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Besides a backup quarterback coming in for a starting quarterback, I don't I can't remember a more staggering gap between a backup player and and the starter at another position. So you well, and especially and especially when the other the starter across from him is struggling. When when you know Edmonds is struggling, um, when you lose Milano, it's 
Jeff, when did you get a fucking dog? This is just distracting shit right now, okay? So anyway, so Jeff has a dog, apparently. Um, but, oh, it's a cute freaking dog, dog, too. It's okay, not my so dog. It's not my dog. Podcast. There's, like, a bunch of people listening, like, I don't give a fuck about his dog. Talk to me about Milano. Um, so Milano and his Milano cookie. I like Milano's cookies. That's the other Milano thing. cookies are um, awesome. Mm. They are right? awesome. They're not as good so, as Brussels, but they're good. But, no, I do think I think that's the point that, like, when Milano's there, you know, he has at least one cog in the defense that actually functions. Um, and when you see it even more when – that cog goes down and the person that's supposed to be your backup or your you know your your partner in crime there's is kind of falling apart so i mean well i do want to say can can i just say that you think though that like okay so trade deadlines coming up we we heard that they brought in darren lee who was uh, you know a pretty hot commodity in the 2016 draft uh all signs that he's probably going to be signed this week um you got to think that it's not couldn't possibly be that hard to get better than AJ Klein. You would think in the game, right? But they signed AJ Klein to a big deal, thinking that he was going to be a big deal. So, do we have that much faith in their ability to find linebackers? Um, I mean, I mean, granted, like this is the same group that got Keekly, but I mean, Keekly was just, kind of a sure thing. I mean, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I mean that's what that's ultimately what's going to be the glaring need. Um, I think coming into the offseason um, is is going to be we're going to need some stud defensive uh, stud linebackers and yep. stud defensive linemen I think getting star back if, if he comes back will be huge um, but I think that we we we've said it multiple times we've alluded to it multiple times losing Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson for all we thought that oh wow you know I think we are just realizing now how fragile the integrity of our defense actually was um, that by losing certain key components this team played as a unit and if you're missing you know the one three of your 111th um, the the 11 don't matter anymore. You know, so. I was reading. I was reading an interesting, or it was uh, from one of the Buffalo news guys or someone in the Buffalo media, and he commented on the loss of uh, the loss of Shaq Lawson and um, uh, and Phillips by being. He said those by far were the two loudest guys every week in that locker room. So I mean that's that's again so not only their play, but also the effect that they have on the tenacity of the defense, the nastiness, which we didn't honestly have a lot that last year, but we did start to have a little bit of swagger. I mean that swagger has gone completely out the window in 2020. And it's funny uh, you say that because when the defense has played well, when people ask them about what happened, what made you suddenly go crazy against the Jets and only allow them four yards. Um, and it was Josh Norman saying, coach asked us to make the play, and I said, I'll make a play, right? And then Jerry Hughes saying, well, we were put in this situation. We said enough is enough. We're not going to let them score another point, and we're not going to let them get another first down. So it was attitude that changed these defenses. At least that's what they attributed to. Now, sure, there were scheme changes and all those other things, but, but still the attitude change was a big deal. Um, and I think that when you're when you lose that, right, they've already kind of lost their mojo, and they need someone to kind of maintain it. Um, and Jerry Hughes, from everything I hear, is a hard worker, but not necessarily a big talker all the time. Um, so maybe we did need that. Maybe uh, maybe that's a, a big part of what we're doing. But I also think that, that we just lost talent, right? Now, um, Bill, Addison, we'll, I just will say, you know, you know <coughs> we we didn't give this person a, um, an MVP uh, today, but Bill, you mentioned him. 
uh, throughout the game, and I do think that he deserves a call out here. The guy, the one player on the defense that was everywhere today, uh, was Jordan Poyer. And Bill, Bill, I know Agreed. you know. Let me just—I'll turn it over to you, Bill, for a second. Because we, we didn't call him out earlier, but you know, you called him out as he might be your favorite Bill. Dude, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I, I just love him. He always plays with this chip on his shoulder, you know, this attitude. He doesn't care how big the guy is in front of him. He doesn't care how fast he is. You know what? He's gonna catch him. He's gonna tackle him. He's gonna, he's gonna bat that ball down. Everything, man, like everything you put in front of, front of him, he's going to go get. Go and get. I just love, I, I just love his love, mentality because you see it out there on the field. And him with Micah Hyde, anyone who was talking about those safeties not playing well doesn't know anything about football, doesn't, you know, doesn't have two eyes because those guys have been playing tough all year. They just, you know, that entire defense has just been, uh, you know, lackluster. So, yeah, I love the yeah. guy, man. He he's always po- try, He's always trying to poke the ball out. He's always making big hits, um, you know, get – ones that could could potentially be game changing the way that he plays. Bill and I, I yeah, I, I mean, I, I, we we have to see if we can talk over Jeff's uh, mic right now. But um, I the, think Jeff has left the room. But we can still hear him through his earbuds. No, the, oh. the, 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 yeah. oh, so no one else. But wait, hold on. The the thing is, oh. is Bill. That's interesting, right? Like the whole Edmonds uh, Milano duo, right? Like one of them plays well. They play better together without each other. They don't play well. That was one thing I was nervous today, but I, I agree. Poyer totally stepped up. It shows that it is not a – it has to be Hyde and Poyer together in them, but that Poyer can step up and play separate from Micah Hyde being out there. So I, I, I thought that was great and was very reassuring about what we saw today. It's a little bit of visions of Mark Kelso. <laughs> okay. <I'm absent>. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. 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 I couldn't resist. So next week's not looking pretty. Um, Wait, hold on. Can I can I take one thing? There's a little bat blue that I want to mention, and please. that is the f- that fact. It's it's about expectations, right? And this is both a Labatt blue and a Jenny cream ale. Guys, we just beat the Patriots, and all yeah. of us have this weird negative yeah. Yeah. vibe about us. And we just beat the Patriots with something we haven't done in forever. And I think that the, the important thing to remember here is the, why are we disappointed, right? We wanted to kick their butts. We didn't want to just beat them. We wanted to kick their butts because they're a wounded duck and all those other things, right? But we've been in that situation, too, where we've been like, oh, the Patriots are not doing that well last season, right? And we still lost to them twice, right? We were clearly the better team, and we still lost to them twice. Um, and I think that the reason that we are all a little bit disappointed is because our expectations of this team have changed, and that is a good thing. That is a Labatt Blue MVP that we – the reason we're disappointed is because, yeah, we beat the, we beat a team that we were supposed to beat. Didn't it feel yeah. anticlimactic? Yeah. Right? Like that we're like, okay, we beat the Patriots, but, yeah, we should have beat the Patriots. We're a better team than the Patriots. And for us to be able to just say that and say, oh, yeah, it's, I mean, that's a given. We're a better team than the Patriots. Right. And all these other teams that we've beaten, whether it's the Jets or whatever, nobody cares at the end of the day. They care about your record. Right. And the good teams beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. You know, and we have enough teams that are coming up in the schedule that are going to be really, really hard to beat. And we might have a really bad stretch of things. But thank God we beat the teams that we're supposed to beat. Right. Because that's a sign of a good team. But to that point, so I, I made the brilliant statement at the top of this pod that we're six and two for the first time in God knows how long. You're six and two for the first time since last year, actually. But um, <laughs> the 
<laughs> what's what's cra- I know I did I did not think we were at six and two yeah. last year, but we we were. Um, what's crazy is that that 2011 game felt like such a relief and a monkey off our back. And that game, I do this all the time, and it drives Jackie insane. That game was nine years ago. More time has passed since that game, since the amount of time between the Fat Sam TD game and that game. That was Those were eight years apart. These two games were nine years apart. So you would think that that monkey has only gotten bigger and heavier and we, we should be rejoicing. But to your point, Suge, it ain't about just getting the win. We wanted to destroy them. One of the things I said, I don't know, Jeff, I don't know if you texted me earlier this week, but I was scared shitless of having to hand Bill Belichick his fourth straight loss. Yeah. I think that in some way, now granted the roster has been completely put through a wood chipper, but this was the best that they they had to offer. This was the absolute best this team was going to play before the wheels officially come off. And then this game, in a lot of ways, was the firewall between them and the actual end of things. And the fact that we did get them to four losses in a row, and I, and I bring that up in that context because if, if um, Pro Football Reference hadn't put their stat look up behind a paywall i'd tell you exactly how long but i'm pretty sure that the patriots have not lost four games in a row under belichick's coach ever yeah or at least not in the 21st century I so think the stat for two for three in a row was like something early 2000s so four in a row like to me the the op the optimist in me says that like the patriots that we saw today that was the death rattle that was they were given every last every last bit of their being for this game. And maybe we weren't because they were such a lesser opponent, and that's why it was close. But I think that if we had caught them three weeks ago, we might have blown their doors off. I, I, and, and speaking of coaches, I, I do think the one thing that we sort of need to remind ourselves on or keep in, keep in mind is our coach, Sean McDermott, and if we think about his style of coaching and his philosophy for how to call games, it shouldn't be surprising that we are in so many one-score games. He, his right. style of coaching is that of, I, I don't even know the right words. It's, it's like not to, me, you know, it's like he has these game plans. And even in the Chiefs game, if we go back a week, even in the Chiefs game, he did not seem upset by the fact that we were getting run all over because he said we had him at third and 12 down by six with five minutes to go in the game. That is Sean McDermott's style of coaching. And so, like, I think I think there's an element here of, like, this ugly win, this ugly win, that ugly win. Part of it is, like, that is who our coach is. You know, like yeah. he he's gonna play to that type of game and Josh Allen throwing for eighteen pass attempts. This was a slog it out fest. It's gonna be a one score game in the fourth quarter. We think that we can beat them. And that's a Sean McDermott game plan. And so I think part of it is just us reminding ourselves and Sujit, I love everything that you just said. It's like 
the expectations have changed, and our coach has us the style that this is this is sort of the ugliness of the what the Bills team is. This is how we play. So, Ugh. well, I'm on record as hating. Yeah, I hope. Yeah. Hating that I hope you're wrong, bro. <laughs> because this it, is yeah, not Dick Duran. Justin Zimmer fourth quarter strip from yep. to win this game. Yep. Because did it did it feel like we were going to keep them out of the end zone there nope. with less than a minute ago? Nope. For the win? Nope. So, yeah, that's nice that they got it within one score in the fourth quarter and it came down to the last possession. But if Justin Zimmer doesn't strip Cam Newton. So, yeah, no, sign me up. For, yeah. we, we're going to score 100 points because you got to score 101 to beat us. That's that's my philosophy. Every, every sport doesn't hey, matter what. Hey, Lars, I, 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 can, it, we, can we pivot in? Because I think we've talked a lot. We've gotten through some ugly wins, right? Their wins were 6-2. and two. But I'm looking at the next six weeks. Of the schedule, mm. and I'm not joking. Mm. I'm yeah, I'm about scared. I'm bombers. scared shitless, honestly, about some of these games. Like, wh- yeah. where are you guys at? Like, how? Like, we've had some ugly wins. Wins are wins, but we've got the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the 49ers, the Steelers, the Steelers on Sunday night football, right? Like, we've got a lot of big games in the next five weeks that I like. Great, we're six and two. We could easily drop a large number of these. I, I, I. But Cassie, th- those teams you just mentioned, okay? So Seattle, of the so the next six weeks are Seattle, Arizona, Los Angeles Chargers, Niners, Steelers, Broncos. Okay, four of those four of those quarterbacks can and will throw for three hundred yards yeah. and score three or four touchdowns. So we better go back to. Josh Allen throwing the ball 45 times a game and trying to be be the first team to 34 points because Jeff we ain't slogging it out with with yeah. these teams. Yep. It Well, so that's the question though, right? Is so you where we play Seattle next week. Do we see the same game plan we had against the Chiefs? I mean, I, I so the thing is that yeah, I know that the Seattle can put up a lot of points and a lot of yards, but if that's the thing that you can take away is Russell Wilson throwing the ball, wouldn't you no. want to? What we need to do, as Lars mentioned, is get back to scoring points. We have not seen that from Josh Allen, and I am so I, I'm I'm kind of pissed off in his performance today. I know it's like okay, whatever, mm. wind game, like whatever, but like score points, right? We 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 can drive the ball down the field without an issue to begin the second half. And then we go three and out on the next possession there. This, like, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde offense that he's putting together is driving me insane. And the only way that we're going to beat the Seahawks is we literally have to score points. I will. I I don't disagree, Cassie. The The only thing that I'll say is in the last... One of the things that was different about the first four weeks, sure, like, Josh Allen got all the credit... But one of the things that was different was that his playmakers were making outstanding plays for him. And in the last two weeks especially, his playmakers have not been doing that. And I'll, I'll, I'll just call out like three specific plays that come to mind. Tyler yep. Croft pulling a, 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 Danny, Daniel a, pulling a Daniel Jones. That's a touchdown that gets called back. Second, uh, Gabe Davis last week having a touchdown that gets called back on a legal formation penalty. Right this week on himself on himself this week Gabe Davis the aforementioned Gabe Davis who's costing us thousands of dollars 
you literally know, thousands literally of dollars. Fuck you, Gabe Davis. He's he's literally costing us almost four grand today in swing money. Uh, you know, like, like, and, and I'm just saying, like, Gabe Davis catches that ball. The Bills have scored 28 points, and who's and like who's sort of saying, oh, 28 points isn't enough. And so, it, like, Cassie, I agree with you. I think that there's more to be done. But I'm just, I think, as we look a little bit, like, why is that happening? I think part of it is that the playmakers on offense, or some of those plays that were happening the first three or four weeks. We just we've gotten the we've we like the counterbalance has swung. Yeah, and you know, and hopefully some of those play playmakers will come back into 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 gear in the next few weeks. Well, and one of those playmakers that you didn't mention is John Brown. I mean, John Brown for the mm-hmm. past year and a half has been what feels like. I mean, last year is probably seventy five percent of our offense. This year, it it felt like he was fifty percent of the offense in the first four weeks, and then yeah. he gets injured. And it's interesting because we talked about the fact that McDermott and those guys, they're, they're good at managing injuries. Now, they've brought Brown back yeah. with this cap, and he's, still, he's, he's obviously still hobbled. They brought Milano back, not completely healthy. Edmonds has been playing. I don't know. I wonder. I, I, I wonder. Uh, I, I guess it's just kind of one of those things where you you, know, you got to just let the guys get out there and play. But uh, Brown is we – need, we need Brown healthy. We need him to. Yep. So, John Brown is the obvious one because, and I, and I think in a lot of ways, John Brown has been Josh Allen's favorite receiver since he's been yep. in Buffalo. Are we? Is it possible that we are completely overlooking Dawson Knox's contribution to this whole thing? No, because I think that he was bad. I think that he was a liability it, while he was on the. Oh, team. okay. So no. Okay. Then moving on. <laughs> well. Okay. Good, Tyler good, Cross good. is I'll just as good. Oh, yeah. Well, no, they're all just bad. It's all bad. But I guess the one thing is that we had that, you know, when – when um, who's the old running back that was on the Jets? That's now on Frank the Jets. Gore. That we had. Yeah, Frank. Frank Gore. So, you know, like one of the things he was touting was like all the strength and conditioning stuff for maintaining longevity, helping manage injuries. And I do wonder how much the lack of a good off-season conditioning program – um, affected our players' ability to, to to maintain health because one of the things we were last year was incredibly healthy, abnormally yep. healthy, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that that's 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 a component of it. But I don't know. Well, we, I mean, we talked about that through most of the McDermott era. We have been we we made it a point to talk about it on the pod, and since then it's been not the case. So blame us if you must. You know, we actually have the same strength and conditioning guy that we have for the past like ten years. Yeah. We just have a new a little guy? new facility. We're no. a new facility. No, he's a dark hair guy, not the little guy. The little guy's been here since the Kelly era. <laughs> Sorry, is little the, guy the, is that the is that the uh <laughs> is that the current parlance? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fuck this team. Right, we gotta, we gotta We're probably gonna get blown around. about the Seahawks. Turn this around. We gotta have some happy. Yo, it's the, it's COVID, man. So negative. We well, save it, save it for Patriots. the wild card. Let's let's just wrap right. this up and get out, get on out of here. Yeah. we won. We're six and two. We're probably gonna win the division unless some weird shit happens with Miami. Let's let's stop. Let's just stop. Let's just. just I'm not betting on <laughs> shit anymore. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. We we are all. Hey, still we up, finally right? we finally get That's that fine. home Click game. Oh wait. <laughs> Clink us out, dude. Get us out of here. Here's to the Bills. (laughs) That was even a weak fucking clink. (laughs) Well, we're coming up on the end of the episode, which means it's the 
wild card portion of today's episode. It's, it's the, the it's the wild card. Uh, this is Bills and Beers. We talk about the Buffalo Bills. We do so drinking beer, and I've been drinking Glutenberg. Jeff's been drinking. Well, Billy's. Uh, actually, I don't know what anybody's been drinking. So I'll, I'll let you go one by one, and we won't rush through this. So we'll actually start with Cass. Yeah. Uh. Home, right? We're all in our homesteads because Chicago is shut down. Though, Suji, we need to ask Ben, can we do a Bill's Backers private party, right? We all pay like $5 at the door. It's a private party and get permission to all be there. Throw that one around. But uh, so I I was drinking Mm. Labatt Blue. Guys, I was drinking it, number one. Drinking it, number one. Got it at Benny's. I don't think Benny's moves a lot of blue light. Like, at all. I was also drinking it out of a can. It was good. I'll take it. But uh, nothing like a Lincoln Station Labatt Blue bottle. Labatt Blue Light bottle. I want to go next. Because I had a similar experience. um, And I had a Labatt Blue today. And I brought this Labatt Blue back with me from Rochester. Where I went, you know, several weeks ago or whatever. Before the... What game? Rams game, I think. Um, anyways, it was the best tasting Labatt Blue I have had <laughs> ever. Labatt Blue travels so poorly. Like, if you get a Labatt Blue in Chicago, it is arguably mediocre. And I was trying to figure out why it was so good in Rochester. Well, it turns out that Labatt uses Genesee Brewing's uh, bottling facility. So the, all of their North American brewing, uh, all of their North American bottling happens in Rochester, New York. So they have fresh, fresh, fresh beer. I once had a Labatt Blue down at Duke, down in North Carolina. It is the worst thing you've ever tasted on your lips. So I was sitting there drinking Labatt Blue today, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Why does this taste so good? And it was just because it was Rochester Labatt Blue. It was upstate New York Labatt Blue. I mean, you guys know when you get home, you taste it. It's just so much better. All right. So hold on here. Let me – I don't want to rain on your parade, but didn't you travel with it? Like, didn't you travel with the back? (laughs) Yeah, but it was bottled. It was it was canned like fresh, and then like I I it was cold the whole time, and it was just sat in my fridge. But the the point is that I think that they when they when they move it, it just doesn't. It sits on the shelf. Sujit only Sujit just goes to the brewery, puts his mouth around the thing that brews the beer, and just takes it straight out of there. Absent that, he's like, no, thank you. you can't. Hey, do it. listen, I'm telling you, you guys can joke all you want. If you have a blue in Buffalo versus a blue anywhere else, it tastes different. <laughs> okay, so guys, I've been, Lars, because I know you were about to say to me, or about me, I was going the gluten-free beer, right? But here's the thing, I can't gluten-free and also supposed to be hops-free, but you know what, we just beat the Patriots, and so I'm back on the train. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Bill now is gluten-free? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to watch my figure. I'm trying to watch my figure. It's really just a, uh, you know, no, yeah, 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 yes, I am gluten-free. Trying it out. Not not a doctor health thing, because, like, Jeff can't breathe, Lars can't swallow, like. Yeah, 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 nothing like that. No, no, it's it's more of a, uh, it's more of a, instead of having ca- caffeine be the thing that, like, drive me throughout the day, make sure it's not food that's, like, fluctuating things. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. 
All right, let's go to Jeff because he's got to yeah, go. Let's go to Jeff because Jeff's got to. And Jeff, you, you feel free to peace out. You're you're in Palm Springs. What what sort of what manner of alcohol are you consuming? Guys, I will. This is this will be my last comments for the section, and then I'll leave you guys to the wild card. I look forward to listening to it. I've been drinking uh, Pacifico uh, today, um, oh. so you know. Not where I thought that was going. No, you know, hey, I don't have anything exciting. Um, wish I had. I wish I had something more, but I've just been enjoying Pacifico with uh with with lime for the day. It's been delicious, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, who, who, whomever you see first, Brandon or Alon, once you leave this call, do me a favor and just make a direct eye contact with him. Do a quick dick tap. Say, Lars says, "What's up, Baldy?" Hey guys, I, I, I'm gonna let you guys continue the pod and finish it off, and until next week on my end here, please uh, go Bills. Please love you guys. Yeah, go Bills. Take that. Bye. All right, Suge. So you had a lot to say before going yeah, live know, here. I'm, I'm just tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. It's been a long week. Uh, it's been the week of Suge. It was my birthday, and I think we're all a little worn out. We're all a little worn out with this Bills team not doing what we want it to do, which is. Some unrealistic shit. We're six and two. What the fuck is wrong with all of us? Lars is yawning. We're all tired. Halloween. I think the ghosts done got us. I think the ghosts of Halloween have got us. Daylight savings bullshit. I think it's time that we need to exercise the demons within us. Mm. We need to let go of the idea that six and two is a bad thing. Especially when the only two losses we've had are to teams that are incredible, right? One of them has lost now just two games, but has clearly proven himself in the Titans as being great, right? And then who do, who's the other team we lost to? Well, um, it's the two teams that met last year in the conference championship, KC and right, Tennessee. Right, and then Kansas City. Like, are you kidding me? At the beginning of the season, if we said, hey, the only two losses we have would be the people that are in the conference championship, would we be upset? No. We beat the Patriots. We beat the Jets twice. We beat the Dolphins. We beat the Rams. We beat the Raiders. Come on. That is good stuff. We need to stop. And, hey, Halloween is over, and you know what's coming? is Thanksgiving. We need to start mm. giving thanks for what we have right now, and that is we have a good team. We have an offense that is capable. We have a defense that's finding their way but has shown flashes of greatness. Um, what's his name? Uh, one of our players today said, we don't win the Super Bowl in Week 8, mm. right? And you don't win the Super Bowl in Week 8. Your job from Week 8 to Week 10 to Week 12 to Week 16 is is to develop yourself and be the best team you can possibly be at week 16. You want to peak in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Ravens did, right? When they beat the, the when they beat the Patriots. Those those guys were mediocre during the course of the year and then suddenly they lost their minds in the playoffs, right? So and even the Titans last year weren't that great, but they did kind of work their way through in the in the playoffs and they were great. So that's what I want, and I think that we need to take a moment and recognize the fact that we're 6-2. and two. We're 4-0 and oh in the division. We've beaten all of the teams in our division, all of them, mm-hmm. and one of them we've beaten them twice, right? Mm-hmm. And the most recent team that we beat is the fucking Patriots. I don't care if they're hobbled. Thank God it's actually a fair fight, right? Mm-hmm. We spent decades with it not being a fair fight with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick and Randy Moss and whoever else it was. And we had, you know, Rex Ryan, and we had 
Chan Gailey, and we had all these no-name, second-run shit shows, right? So how nice is it that this is where we're supposed to be? The reason that we're not excited after beating the Patriots is because we're a good team, and we now finally expect to be a good team. Right? And this is this is our time. This is the Bills' time. And so it's our opportunity to sit there, kick back, and say, you know what? I don't care if we got an ugly win. We still got to win. Right? The only teams we've lost to are the conference, the people that were in the conference championship. Right? People who are arguably might be in the conference championship this year. Great. We learned by playing them, and we'll beat them the second time around. Right? So that's what the Rams said about us. They said, well, you know what? When we see him again, we'll beat him, right? That's that them giving that respect to us, saying that we might see them again in the Super Bowl, right? So I think that's time. It's time we take a step back as Bills fans and just said, hey, let's enjoy. Let's give thanks for what we have. And yes, there are warts, right? But that's the whole point of the season. That's the whole point of the COVID season where there was no offseason. Yes, we're not a perfect team. We weren't a perfect team last year, and we certainly weren't a perfect team the year before. We still have development to do, but wouldn't it be awesome if we're peaking at week 14, 15, 16? That's what we want, right? Mm. So my wild card is nothing special. It's let's talk about what we're going to do as this year develops. What is it that this Bills team is finally going to click on, and how is it going to happen? How are we going to develop into that world beater team even if it's not the end of this year but maybe next year or whatever we've all sat through the decades of this shit right of the bad let's sit through a couple of years of building better right so what what mm-hmm. what's what's the next step for these bills i i actually think it's pretty easy and we talked about it this whole time and it's i think Edmonds and milano have to get back to zero i think that they have to get right they have to get healthy they whatever but they just have to get back to how good they can play. They, it's not like they need to, to progress. They just need to get back to where they left off. And I think that, you know, Jeff mentioned earlier just linebacker play. I think that the whole defense transforms. It puts less pressure on the offense. We've seen now with Feliciano back in the lineup that we can run the ball. I mean, granted, we're not going to play a team as lousy as the Patriots every week. How nice is it to say that? Um, but I, I think that with we get a defense that's halfway decent. We can hold teams to 20 points a game with this offense and, and win a lot more games we're going to lose. And I think with John Brown coming back healthy, I think we just got to get a couple guys. We get three or four pieces back right back to zero. I think this, I think we're totally poised. Like you said, Suge to peak at the right time. I I think, yeah, I mean, I think a big part of it is gap integrity, right? I think that's all what we're missing is that we don't – we who is it? Bill, you sent the message that said gap yeah. integrity because we actually freaking yeah. had it for a portion yeah. of the game today. But nothing's changed. It's, I mean, I made, I made the point earlier. I mean, when, when Rex Ryan came in 2015, everybody was beside themselves because he took this defense in 2014 that was dominant and turned it upside down. That hasn't happened. This is the same defense, and for the most part, it's the same guys running it. So we just got to have a couple guys get right, and the defense will be good enough that with this offense and these playmakers and the way Josh Allen's capable of playing, it should be fine. And if teams want to play this, well, we're going to give it to you underneath and make you do long drives all day, that's fine. If we finish with seven, finish with six, we do that a couple times and, and stop them from scoring, they got to come out of that game plan. You can't do that all day if you get down. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I think it's nice. One of the things that we've seen is we've seen – 
our team, and let's just say our team on offense, we've seen us be able to adapt to uh, play different styles of offense, which I think is gonna it's gonna end up boating us well. So this game, you know, we had to well the first four games, right? We, it was you know lights out. You know, some really big chunk plays, really exciting plays. I mean, that's everything we want, right? And then, you know, the Chiefs really sort of clamped down on us, and, you know, Josh did not have a great game. So so he really had to get better at that, those short, shorter and, you know, intermediate throws, had to throw in that, that screen game. And guess what? He made those adjustments. And, yeah, it was not, nothing sexy against the Jets and far from it, but – you know what? Like he made the changes, we made the changes uh, on on the offensive side of the ball, and we found the personnel and the plays to be able to make that happen. This game, guess what? We had to turn to the run, and we were able to find a way to do it. Uh, so I think being able to win games in those different ways is going to be something that we're going to be able to look back on and be like, you know what? It's pr- probably good that we had that experience because. We are going to need our run game. Yes, we are going to yes. need our pa- our deep passing game. We are going to need those short intermediate routes. We're going to need the big Beasley game. Guess what? John Brown's been you know chilling because and we're going to need him again. So yeah, and yeah, it's it's a whole. You can't defend everything, right? That's the whole beauty of it, right? We're finding a way that we can say that. Hey, you take this away, we'll beat you this way. You take this away, we'll beat you this. You know, a thousand cuts. And Suji, I think. Part of the responsibility needs to be put on us as fans, right? Mm. First off, we need to be patient, right? We all want to do something. We all want to be here, all right? You're right. We're going to peak in week 14, in week 15, in week 16. And you know what? We got to be patient to get there. And number two, the whole my the whole freaking new england oh we got a monkey on our back blah 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 half that shit more than half of it 90 percent of that is built up from this fan base and you know what we all gotta get over it we gotta get over it we mm. gotta think all right i trust these guys right we're gonna go out we're gonna win right we're we're Seattle's next and that's how these guys think about it do you think that they think about like we haven't beaten New England in so long like they do not give a shit they get out there they want to play the people that are on the field that they're going to play against that week and that's all they're focused on but us fans we got to talk about all this crap we got to get all emotional about this we all get all worked up about this we got to be patient and we just got we got to show up every week right I'm going to do that that's my promise this week I'm just gonna show up. We're playing the Seahawks. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna overthink it. I'm. Mean, I'm just gonna show up and do the best I can. Hopefully, they're gonna show up and do the best they can, and that's all I can do. <laughs> Love wow, it. Cass, Cass is, wow. Keep it it real. Well, you know something else though, gentlemen and Cassie. Um, winning does cure all, and I know we're a little bummed out that we didn't win big against the Patriots. We come out and beat these Seahawks next week. I think this podcast is going to take on a completely different tone. Uh, being seven and two, uh, with still having the the luxury of playing the Patriots again, um, the rest of the season is going to look mighty nice. We'll leave it at that. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's it's time, right? It's time that we just 
hey, let's enjoy the fucking yeah, ride what for does, once. Right? Well, actually, the ride has we don't, sucked We don't even so know what bad. a winning, like, what does a winning team look like? <laughs> right? Well, we, how do we know? Yeah, I uh, mean, we could be looking at it. Bill, Seriously. Right? You remember, you know how, you know, there's people that come from great, you know, like they come from Ohio State out of college and they're like, I. I, I don't even understand what losing is like, right? Because yeah. I've never been on a team. I was in high school and we always won. I was in college and we always won because I've been a part of these programs. And here, right, the the McDermott and Bean spend a lot of time changing the culture to change from a losing culture that we expect to lose and we're lucky if we win. Hey, fans, it's time to change your attitude, mm. Right. That it's not you need to stop thinking about you have you still have that billsy culture. We talked about this in one of the first pods, right? That we're not we're gonna get rid of the words of a billsy win or a billsy this or a billsy that because that's not who the Buffalo Bills are anymore. Mm. Yeah, right. We we are a good team. Are we the well, best team in the NFL right now? Maybe not, but we're a good team, and we need to stop looking at every little wart that's on our skin and recognize the beauty that is this team as a whole. Well, recognize nice. the beauty of the fact that the Bills are 6-2, and two, number one in the AFC East, and the Patriots are pretty much out of it. And recognize the beauty that maybe, maybe we're approaching an era where we're not going to be measured against the goddamn Patriots. And, and you know, you mentioned the yes. thing about Mahomes. Let's not fall into the trap of, of finding these outliers. The Patriots for the last 20 years have been an outlier. And maybe for once we don't have to fucking measure ourselves next to him and be a normal team that wins more games than it loses and then hopes to hell that it peaks late and makes a run for the Super Bowl. And who knows? Maybe that'll happen this year in the weird year. But start next week with the Seahawks and see what the hell happens. Until then. We just beat the fucking Patriots. So go Bills. Fuck that. Go Bills. Make me wanna Shout.